Welcome to the Living Out Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Steele, where I talk about everything from LGBTQ social justice, personal growth, and queer thought leadership. And the most important thing, I think, is that we use our difference, our differences, to make a difference in the world. So I've been thinking about my difference and how I make a difference and the meanings of certain words in particular, the what's in a name and the importance of being queer. In the last episode, I had mentioned that I was considering changing the name of the Living Out podcast. And I I thought really hard about this. I was thinking about branding. I was thinking about my mission, my values, where the idea for the Living Out podcast as a name came from what it means to me, what's my messaging, what's my brand. So I've had had a few conversations, but I mostly thought this one through for myself because I didn't, I didn't want too many opinions and that's not because I don't respect other people's opinions, but I knew that the decision, the clarity had to come from within So I was also looking at what other podcasters, namely other queer or LGBTQ-themed podcasts, were doing. And I am happy to say that Living Out is the right name for this podcast. And this is going to get into the larger story or topic for today's episode about the importance of being queer and what that word means. And this is just a good preface as to why I'm telling you this backstory. So living out as a name is is good enough, it's great enough, it's exceptional for me that I've given it its own platform. So I finally got a dedicated URL, livingoutpodcast.com, and that just points to Apple Podcasts, but otherwise you can find everything on my website, darrenstill.com. And I opened up dedicated social media channels on Instagram and Twitter. And the reason for this I I wasn't expecting this. I hadn't kind of seen this picture, but over breakfast or lunch on the weekend, I was speaking with my partner and sometimes he's really wonderful in that he just lets me talk. (laughs) I'm the talker. Uh, When he says what he wants to say, he's pretty succinct and he gets right to the point. I go all over the place in tangents. So he knows that sometimes I need to sort of download my thoughts one after the other just into space And sometimes I hear my own answer. But he just said something really specific. He said, Darren, people follow you for a very specific reason. They might not want to know everything about your personal life. So maybe they don't want to follow, you know, Darren Steele on Twitter or Instagram. I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And this opened up even more thoughts because I realized, well, There are people that want to know what's going on in my life, and that's great. I'll share some of that information. But for those people who only want to stay in the framework of living out and social justice and LGBTQ issues and personal growth and queer thought leadership, then they can follow me just on those channels. And I've put the links um, for Instagram and Twitter on my um, show notes. But it got me thinking about my core message and when I'm talking to you and what I want to impart to you, for me, I'm about challenging the status quo, challenging other people's beliefs, social beliefs, 
And not just the beliefs outside of myself, but me too. Because if I'm stuck in a particular framework or a box or a model of thinking, I'm not going to be able to see the possibility of difference or uniqueness or a solution that I hadn't before. Which kind of goes to the beginning of this conversation that I will sometimes overthink things in the eyes of some people, but in my eyes, I'm trying to see as many sides, as many shades of gray, thinking very queerly about what it is I'm saying and how it is I'm saying it and to whom. So right at the beginning, I also said, I help people use their difference to make a difference. I do that in with my coaching clients. That is my intention behind the Living Out podcast, to live out, to live proud, to be queer, to be authentic. Live out the best of who you are, all your skills, your talents, your dreams. And by authentic, I mean so many people only expose the truth of who they are to the people they're closest to, but they're otherwise a closed box. And I don't mean you have to be vulnerable all of the time and put yourself on the line with all of your emotions. I mean, living out authentically means people really know who you are. And when you are in tune with expressing that truth, you're going to excel in life. You're going to achieve more of what you want out of life. You're going to have greater friendships, deeper conversations, and more meaningful experiences because you will be fully living out who you are. And that expression, living out, that's why this is so fucking important to me because, at least for myself and my experience and what I see presently in a lot of gay men, older gay men, is that there's a part of us that's always locked away. Because there was a part of us that was locked away while we were in the closet. We didn't feel free to express ourselves. So we were always being mindful, looking around, listening for the cues that would say, whoops, put yourself back in the closet. Don't be completely out because it's for your safety. And that's important. But many of us live in a time and a geographical location where we have certain levels of safety. We have certain protections and we can more freely express ourselves. But if you ever feel like, you know, is that all there is? And, and am I getting all that I want? Or what's my meaning? What's my purpose in life? Maybe you haven't connected with the core of who you are as a gay man or as LGBTQ. And that's something that requires some deeper personal reflection and journaling and, and even going into coaching or with therapy or reading a good book or talking with friends and figuring out who are you? Who am I? What's meaningful to you? What are your passions? What do you feel is your mission in life? We should never have to hide the truth of who we are in the shadows. We deserve and we were born to live out, live proud and be who we are freely bravely and honestly to make a difference in the world, to see what many people who are part of that hegemonic culture, sort of the dominant culture, don't see because they haven't had this experience of having had to hide a part of who they are, their core identity. 
So let me jump into the definition and the etymology of the word queer. It's important to me and to this conversation. So as an adjective, it's the etymology is saying it's coming around the 1500s, meaning strange, peculiar, eccentric from the Scottish and perhaps from low German, queer, meaning oblique and off-center, and it relates to the older German, old high German, queer, oblique, perverse, odd, or twer, even more ancient linguistic roots, meaning to twist. And I love that, to twist, put a twist on things, queer, different, twist, alternative, strange, peculiar. And people can get upset about, oh, I don't like this word queer, it's offensive. It's not offensive. At one point in time it was, it is no longer It is in the popular vernacular. Everybody uses it. It has been reclaimed. It's not a bad word. It's not the N-word. It's something that everyone can use. And yes, people can use it in a negative way. But the negativity of the word has been diminished by the popular use in the vernacular, in medium, in television, by politicians using it. And because we can also understand semantic word fields abroad, They can have positive and negative connotations, and sometimes we can look at the meanings of words and decide that we're going to change the negative meanings and to move past historical concepts and constructs and create a new identification or meaning for that word. And, And queer as a verb is to spoil or to ruin, and earlier... It meant to puzzle, to ridicule, ridicule, to, tw- to cheat. Again, I love that too, because to spoil or to ruin means to look at the status quo and say, no, it's not that we're going to spoil it. We're going to take that older definition and say, we're going to kind of like get in there and get our fingers in there and make some changes. We're going to say, hey, We're going to spoil your definition of what the status quo, of what hegemonic patriarchal culture looks like. We're going to question it. We're going to stand up to it. And we are going to show that we exist within this framework where you think we don't belong. Yeah, all this means is that queer is radically different from the status quo, but we still belong. We deserve equal rights just like everyone else, but we don't have to be like everyone else. Not normal, but we belong. I'm a strong defender of particular words, namely gay and queer, to indicate identity and acceptance and not exclusion. And we can sometimes use those words really loosely to incorporate multiple variations, and we can use them also to sharpen our focus. And what matters is to allow the individual to choose how they wish to be labeled, if at all, and to understand what those words mean, as I've already mentioned in this larger semantic context, to embrace and to own the words that others may have used to harm or disenfranchise us. I also love the word fag. That's probably a little bit closer to the kind of word that, unless you're gay and want to use that word, or have really close friends, probably other LGBTQ friends, You give them really a license, at least I believe that's still the case, to use or not use that word. 
But fag for me is more political, more radical, and in that it was definitely used as a far more hateful word than queer. That is a word that I own. So I identify as gay, a fag, and queer. All of those. They're mine. They're me. They set me apart. That's what makes me unique. That's what makes me different. That's what gives me power over those people that think those are either bad words or that they represent something that's not right. I'm reminded of... There is something that was trending, I think, in the United States. In Canada, we have something called homogenized milk or homo milk. And you'll often see this on the carton, just homo, which is hilarious. And there was this long Twitter, not storm, but it was a rather funny line where people just thought it was hilarious that, uh, you know, do we only have gay milk in Canada? But it just reminded me of the word homogenous and that we are not a homogenous, we are not a homogenous community, the LGBT community. We're not a single or cohesive one. And thankfully, that is our strength. But I also think that's why the word queer works so well, perhaps better than this list of letters to form the acronym LGBTQ or LGBTQ2S or LGBTQ plus or LGBTQ2I. Because there will always be someone missing from an acronym that seeks to try and label a community or a so-called network of communities. That's the best way to describe us, right? A network of communities that sometimes come together and try to work together because we see our differences as a strength, and that is what unites us in challenging the status quo. So we give away our power if we try to fit into the expectations of the status quo. We give away our power if we just fight amongst ourselves. This restricts our authenticity and our well-being, our our health, our vitality, our, our inner peace. We need to stop putting the emphasis on what others Think of us, especially those who are not part of our network of communities. And we need to focus instead on authentically, publicly, and honestly living out what's inside of us. Your truth, my truth. And that is the best example of authenticity. And yes, there's a vulnerability in living your truth. Because it exposes who you are. But if you've lived in the closet... You can choose to either stay there or you can break those fucking walls down and shine light right into that dark space and live out all the time. Now, I think there's also a spirituality in the sense of the word queer, and I don't mean religion. I just mean a sense of uh, this identification at the core, at the root of who we are. And I'm reminded of a... uh, an episode of uh, Be Here Now by uh, spiritual guru Ram Das, um, And I wrote down what he said. The minute you define yourself as something, you're constantly manipulating the universe to reinforce the reality of that. For example, I'm a beautiful woman. I'm an aging man. 
or whatever it is. So if you say I'm gay or I'm a fag or uh, I'm queer, yes, you're manipulating the universe to reinforce the reality of that. Ram Das talks a lot about when in it, you know, this idealized world where we don't have to um, put labels upon ourselves. And it's something I, I'm still wrapping my head around a particular interview that uh, I read by him that I want to bring to the podcast at some point, but I really need to formulate my understanding of it better such that I can share the content from you. And, you know, the rhetorical question in my mind is, can we peacefully coexist without ego definition? Can we exist in the world as lesbian, as gay, as trans, as queer, as gender non-conforming, as non-binary, as gender fluid? Can we exist without any of those labels, without any of those ego definitions? think about it. It's a, it's a very large question that requires several podcasts and I'm not going to go off into that at the moment. But we need to be true to ourselves. And, and Gandhi has said, my commitment must be to truth, not consistency. So what does that mean exactly? I think for me, it means sometimes it may seem like we're saying one thing when we're doing another or if we track what we've done in the past, but if you are true to who you are, that's going to throw people off sometimes. If you are true to who you are as a gay man, as a lesbian, as a trans person, and you are truthful in your representation of who, you're, who you are, that will possibly appear like a lack of consistency to those in the status quo who are observing you from the outside and are maybe seeing new parts of you that they haven't seen before. And that will be awkward to them. That they will see as being inconsistent. That they may see as like, I don't know who you are anymore. Well, that's where the inner strength on all of us is required to recognize that if others cannot accept us for who we are, then they best learn how, or move on. And I know that's rather cut and dried, but we all deserve acceptance and love and empathy. So if somebody is putting conditions on you for the sake of consistency, fuck them. It's just not worth it because you won't be happy. And they'll never be happy until you conform to their expectations and expectations can never be met. Something else Ram, Ram Dass says further to what I just said here, and I quote, most people are carrying their history so heavily on their backs, their childhood abuse, their ethnic oppression, they're something that they can't come up for air. They're too busy being something. They're, sorry, they're too busy being somebody, the result of all that. What the heck does that mean? If we're stuck to our past... That's this thing we're holding on to as our identity. Instead, to live out the best of who we are, we need to live out in the now. We need to be progressively living out more and expressing the best of who we are, living proudly, living authentically. Dealing with whatever things have challenged us from the past, both in the status quo, both things, things that we've learned, things that politicians have said, things that schools have said, things that religion have said. 
and decide now to live out as proud, queer, different individuals. You know, by conforming, by trying to fit in and posting countless selfies online in search of external approval from someone else, we're seeking validation from the status quo. But queer thinking challenges that. Thinking queerly looks at difference as uniqueness, as the quality quality that defines the individual. And the only way we can be individuals is to know our true nature. And this is what the status quo is desperately afraid of. One's true nature. And this is not dissimilar to highly organized, highly ideological, dogmatic religion. I posted a tweet some time ago and I said... The purpose of religion is to de-individualize, thus giving power to the patriarchy, the priest, the preacher, the rabbi, or the religious zealot. If you allow people to think for themselves, they will reject religion and the person with all the power. And I challenge religion as part of one of the greatest challenges of parts of the status quo. It's a dangerous form of power when associated with the patriarchy. And I take that connection from Mark Green in my interview with him about um, man box culture. Religion, dogmatic religion, evangelical fundamentalist religion is so connected to patriarchy. It's seeking to control minds, to limit free thinking, to create a herd of sheep that group think and do as they're told and demonstrate belonging to that group by the amount of unwavering belief, which they call faith, in an unsubstantiated, non-factual and unprovable imaginary being, which they call a god. And these gods are clearly patriarchal power structures or figurines that are nothing more than an allegory for a single man or a group of men who are seeking on this earth absolute power and control. And this connects with capitalism. I see all of these things coming together. Now, a quote from The Tao of Abundance by Lawrence G. Bolt. Fitting in requires that the person join the consumer society and this in turn puts pressure on him or her to place income ahead of other considerations when determining career choice. This comes at a cost to individual human dignity and, in the aggregate, means that social responsibility is abdicated in favor of social conformity. So you might be wondering, how did I go from, you know, living out versus think queerly to suddenly religion and the patriarchy? Well, those last two are super powerful, strong structures within the status quo that historically have not been friendly to LGBTQ people. Religion on the worst has been oppressive and tried to convert us and tried to kill us. Capitalism maybe seeking to try and embrace us on some level, but they're just seeking to get our money as LGBTQ people in corporate prides and such. And whether that's right or wrong, capitalism is a whole other issue of which I am not the expert about how it affects our minds and society and how it creates artificial constructs and turns individuals into commodities that are just basically um, widgets that 
produce value in the forms of money that can be exchanged in this imaginary thing called the stock market. Take all these thoughts together and think about what's most important to you as an LGBTQ person and who you want to be and the change that you want to see in the world and how you can use your difference to make this world a better place. I've touched on a couple of things that are bigger than me and play a big part into this problem, this challenge of LGBTQ acceptance and human rights. And there are no rights unless everyone has rights. And it isn't just LGBTQ people, it's people of color. It's the wars that are going on in different countries. It's the impression of entire countries by single dictators. Use your difference. What you've experienced being in the closet, not having been able to express your uniqueness. Use that time that fostered a greater insight and a different way of looking at the world as your gift to see, to look with a different perspective. You might not have the answers today, but just consider and think, write down your ideas, get involved, take action, sign a petition, get involved with a group, listen to more podcasts like this to think differently and challenge your thinking. Because there's too much information out there that's forcing you to follow 128 characters as a line of thought and react. That's why I do these longer podcasts. To think more deeply. To think differently. To think more queerly. To help you live out your authentic self by using your difference to make a difference in the world.